We've been talking about spiritual disciplines. And we talked last week. We have a few verses to start out with. Look at, look at the one in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. I was reading through Proverbs. I read a Proverbs every day according to what day of the week it is. So on August the 1st, I started reading in Proverbs. And it said, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Here's what it says the purpose of the Proverbs are. The purpose of, of these things that's in the word of God. The purpose is to teach people wisdom and what? Discipline. To help understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live what kind of lives? Disciplined. Disciplined lives. And successful lives. In other words, disciplined life is key for you to live a successful life. And in the things that we're going to be talking about, some of these are going to be very simple. That we've heard about it. We've talked about it. But I believe that God wants to mature us. And I believe the church needs to mature. I believe we all need to grow in our understanding of God and understanding of what God wants to do in us and through us. And I think today the church that the world sees uh, needs to mature. Because the church the world sees is sometimes is a very compromising church, is a very shallow church. It's a very, um, you know, we, let's just kind of go with the flow type thing. And the Bible is very clear that we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to add to the earth. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be light to the world. A light shines. A light stands out. And that's how we should be, in a way that it's loving and kind. It says people should see. The Bible says let your light shine so people see your good deeds and glorify who? The Father. That's how good things should be coming from our life, that when people see it, they don't even glorify us. They take it straight to the Father. And for us to mature, we have to begin to train ourselves and allow the Lord to help us to do these things that God desires for us to do. Because it all has to do with connecting with him and understanding him more and more. Let's look at the next scripture. I think it's the one in Philippians. Is it up there? Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They're disciplined. In other words, if, they, if you want to run a race, and if you want to really do well, you have to discipline yourself. You have, to, you have to take care of yourself. You have to do the things you need to do, and don't do the things that would hinder you from running well. Those are the things it's talking about. In, in Timothy, in the next passage there, there's a place where it talk, Paul talks again about our bodies being disciplined in the physical training, but then it also says train yourself even in spiritual ways. So it's not like, okay, you receive Jesus, now you are just, you, you just have all the training and understanding. Listen, you need to continue to develop your relationship with the Lord. Now, what I don't want this to be is a works-related a works message where you feel like what we're doing is saying, this is what you need to do, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then God will, you will see God do all these things. What I am saying is when you understand who God is, these things should be, be a part of your life somewhere. And if you're not seeing them, then you have to look and say, Lord, what is it in me that's causing me not to do some of these things that you, you want me to do? Because we have to, we have to grow and we have to mature. You know, we did this, I showed you this last week. But even in our physical body, you know, we, we, if we want to develop muscle and get stronger, 
Okay, we use these, and I'll, I'll start with this one. It's a little lighter. Okay, but these, you know, these, every time you use them, what you're doing is you're developing, you're developing muscle. And as you get stronger, then this becomes easier. And then you begin to lift this one, and this one's heavier. Now, everybody in here, you're somewhere in your life where maybe you're at the very beginning stages. Maybe you have a very light, you know, muscle that you're developing. But the bottom line is, over time, as you continue to be faithful in these things, you're going to grow. And you're going to grow not just, not just in, in that one area there, but you're going to grow in other areas. You're going to develop and you're going to get stronger. But we have to decide today, God has called us to mature, right? And I told you this last week, I as a pastor, Ephesians talks about the role of the pastor being to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I myself as a saint need to be equipped. But in my role today as pastor, right now, I'm to encourage you and equip you as well. Let God equip all of us to do what he's called us to do and to live a life that he's called us to live. And sometimes it means that we admonish one another and that we're not afraid to talk about those things that, that may, we may get a little uncomfortable. Because if I can be honest with you, I can tell you that everyone in this room needs to do better in their spiritual disciplines. Everybody. We, we have to get better. So when I was thinking about prayer this week, and I started looking at the life of Jesus, and, and Patty and I were talking about this last night, that prayer, we always look at prayer. I grew up, pray, read your Bible. It's what you have to do, right? You, even the songs, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. Remember those songs? <laughs> Three of you, yeah? The rest of you are like... <laughs> Please stop, you know. But that was a song that we sang, and it's true. That is part of growth. But there became a time where I think sometimes the reason why we struggle staying consistent in prayer is because we have it in the wrong place. We have prayer that if we do this, then, then God will love me. Then God will care about me. Then God will be proud of me. Then God, then God, then. Can I just tell you something? When you understand how much God loves you, you are going to want to hang out with him. You are going to want to spend more time with him. Prayer is really more about acknowledging his presence in your life. It's not just a, a, something you check off your list. It's not just praying over a meal. Oh, yeah, I pray three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's not that. You should. You should pray for that. But, but I'm telling you, prayer is it's different. Jesus prayed a lot when he was on this earth. He prayed a lot. Before he did any ministry thing, Jesus said when he was baptized, before he really began to do any ministry stuff, when he was baptized by John, it says that the Spirit came down like a dove. And this voice came, and he heard the voice of his father that said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That was before any of his earthly ministry started. And God was already pleased. 
God, because of Jesus in you, you're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And he is already pleased with you and loves you. And, and I believe that part of that connection with his father, that relationship knowing that my father loves me and I love him, it, he loved and enjoyed spending time with his father. And it says in Luke 5 verse 16, this is a, about Jesus. And it says, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He did it a lot. It was a practice in his life. And it wasn't a practice like this is what I have to do. It was this is what I want to do. I want to get away and spend time with my father. And he did. And he got away by himself. See, it's one way you can tell how you are in this discipline of prayer is it's easy to pray here with everybody. You know, hey, let's all pray. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But when it's just you, do you realize, do you know how much God really loves you and how much he really cares for you? That it just causes you to want to talk to him and listen to him and just be with him? Because that's what prayer is really about. It's really more about being with him. It's really more about recognizing his presence every minute of every day. You know, uh, when Patty and I were talking last night, one of the things, um, because of our relationship... I love Patty. Patty loves me. We have, a, we have a great relationship. And because of how much we love one another and because, because of our relationship, we talk a lot. One of us more than the other, but we talk. Just kidding. What are you assuming I'm saying to her? I'm, I'm just saying. But bottom line is, I don't wake up every day saying, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to talk to Patty today. Don't forget to talk to Patty. All right? I don't put a reminder on my phone, talk to Patty. You know, and it goes off like, hey, Patty, how are you? I just want to say hi. I hope you're doing well. Whew, glad I did that. Done for the day. But that's how we do with God. So there's somehow where we can look and say, is my connection with God, am I understanding really how much he cares and how much he loves me? Because we should have, as much as we talk with each other and we have conversations we talk and we listen. And that's what creates healthy relationship with people. How much more is it with God? That we should have those times to separate ourselves and just be in the presence of God. Just us and him. Just, just me and God. And I realized this week as I was preparing for this, because it was obviously it was on my mind a lot more because I'm preparing for this, and I realized how much, how much time that I could devote and, and be a little more aware of his presence with me. So when I'm driving, I can just talk to God. I can just listen to God. Sometimes even when I'm just doing something, I could just, just recognize, you know, he's with me. God's with me right now. He's looking out for me. He's helping me. We, and and it, it actually begins to develop even more of a healthy understanding of God's love as, as you begin to just embrace his presence. And that's, that's really, it's not a work. It's something that develops out of your relationship with him where you're naturally going to start. Listen, I didn't talk to Patty when I didn't know her. 
right? As, as we've gotten to know each other and as, as I spent some time with her and all of a sudden I'm like, I really like her. And even when she broke up with me three times, I still liked her. And I was like, give me another chance. And just like God, she did. I was like the Jonah of our relationship. I kept messing up. And, and she's like, all right, I'll give you another chance. And, uh, but you know what? It's as we, as we develop our relationship, it's like we just started communicating more. And that's what happens. If you're not communicating with God or letting him communicate to you, it's not that you're not doing the right thing. You just aren't aware of how much he loves you and how much he cares about you because he really wants connection with you. He really does. That's, that's his heart. Prayer, I, I, and, I, and there was one thing, it was like prayer is, and I don't remember how I, I don't remember what the quote exactly was, but the bottom line, it came down to this, that prayer is more about God meeting you where you are than you doing something for God. It's more about God connecting to you and just letting you know that he loves you and that you're, that you're his beloved and that he really, really, really does care. You know, Patty was, read me this quote this week in a devotion that she was reading, and it's Henry Nauman or Nowen or something, and it says this. It says, a spiritual life without prayer is like the gospel without Christ. It just, you can't, you can't have it. Prayer is crucial to your spiritual life. It's the language of, of, of relationship with Jesus. That's the language it is. It's prayer. You can't have a spiritual journey without connecting with God. You just can't. So we have to understand it's important for us to get away and to just understand the presence of God, his love for us, and how much he cares for us. Not Listen, what I don't want you to do is leave here saying, all right, I've got to pray every day now. No, I want you to leave here saying, wow, God loves me so much, I can't wait to spend some time with him. I'm a people person. Okay, I am very, my personality, I am not the in my office, sitting there all day, every day pastor. I'm not the pastor that's going to stay back there while everybody's here come in, speak to you, then leave, go back there. I love people. I will walk past trash to say hi to a person. I am very people-focused. So here's what I'm saying by that. If I have a lot to do, if I'm just slamming with stuff, i got to send some emails out, i got to study, i got to do this, but someone stops by and says, hey, can I talk to you? It's amazing how I can adjust my schedule. It's amazing how if, if my kids need something or Patty needs something, I can just make it happen. Why? Because I'll find a way to connect with people and still get my stuff done. So in my walk with God, I, I'm learning, like, I have all kinds of time that I connect with God. When I'm at the store, if I'm at a restaurant, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm in the office or if I'm at home or if I'm, the other day I was out with a friend, we were playing disc golf. And, and even out there, you're out in the woods and you're like, God, you created all this. Like, you created all this. And you could just talk to him. You can even ask him, God, I don't, could you tell me where my disc is? I can't find it. It's lost in one of the trees you made. Can you make them not so thick? You know, whatever it is, you just talk to God. I mean, he's there. And you just understand that. So Jesus often withdrew to pray. Now look at this, Matthew 6, 6. Jesus is now teaching about prayer. He says, when you pray, 
Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in heaven in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. Listen, I'm not going to ask you to write it down and turn it in, but I want you to ask yourself the question, you know, how much, how much time privately do I recognize God in my life? Outside of church and being with other people, how many times during the day do I just stop? You know, one thing that, you know, and I'm not bragging on her, she'll probably get upset that I even tell you this, but, you know, when I get up in the morning, um, you know, my wife, she's, she's up before the sun, and um, I don't understand that, but she gets up early. And sometimes I'll get up, and she's, she's in the office with just a little light on, just her and God. And she's praying, or she's reading, or she's studying the Word, or whatever. And you know what? That didn't come out of, you know, you have to do this. It came out of relationship with, with her father, her heavenly father that said, I just, I want to start my day with you. I just want to talk to you. That's, that's, that, that develops as you get to know how much God loves you. But it's important to you. Listen, you need to connect with God. Why? Because you're human. And God is God. And he can help you in those places that you can't, that you can't understand and you don't know. He wants to, he wants to just bless the mess out of you. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to see him, to recognize him, to, to enjoy the journey of life with him. And the way we're going to get to know him, the way we're going to understand that love, the way we're going to do that is when we, when we recognize it and it draws us to him. And we just begin to spend time with him. Now let's look at several verses in prayer. We're just going to go through these pretty quick. Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer. That word devote means persistent. To continue to do that. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. So again, prayer, don't look at prayer like I'm just, okay, God, I have to pray, pray this, ask this, ask this. Sometimes prayer is just being with God. Sometimes prayer is talking to God and bringing those needs before God. That's prayer too. But then prayer sometimes is just listening to God. Because you all have that friend or did have that friend who calls you and you could set the phone down, come back, and they're still going. Right? But see, that's not the relationship that's healthy. Relationship healthy is, is you talk and you listen. Because sometimes we, we spend so much time talking to God. Lord, will you please show me how to tell me them? And I can just see God saying, I'll tell you. but <laughs> Shh. Then I'll tell you because I have your answer already. And you keep asking, 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 asking. But just I'll tell you. And that's, that's part of what comes with prayer. We got to devote ourselves to it and realize it's important. Prayer is important. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, always be joyful, never stop what? Praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. In other words, being joyful, being thankful, and never stop praying. That's all part of God's will. So how, what does it mean, never stop praying? Does that mean that you're just 24-7, Father, I thank you. You get pulled over by a police officer, get your license. Father, I thank you that you're just not, here you go. Father, I just pray that you would just help me up. Father, I just, it doesn't mean you can't take a breath and every moment you're just speaking out prayer. But it's the relationship and the connection that you have with God that you never stop. You never stop connecting with him. You never stop listening to him. You never stop, you never stop talking to him. You never stop developing that relationship. 
Have, there's been times in my life where I wasn't at a place where I was sitting down saying, okay, God, talk to me. But there have been times that while I'm living my life, I felt the Lord speak something to me. Because I, I try to live with a sensitivity that I want to be aware that God is with me, that anywhere on my journey that I'm open for him to speak. And I'm open to listen to him. And when I find that crossroad and that place where the paths go two different directions, that I can stop and say, okay, Lord, which way do I go? Will, will you help me? And both of those, it's, it's, it's that. It's not that you never actually, with your mouth, you never say amen. Okay, that, that's how my, I grew up with pastors in my home, right? My grandpa, he could pray. My dad, I mean, we prayed. We had cold meals. That's why I volunteered to pray. Because my dad, my grandpa, they just, good prayers, but long prayers. They literally never stopped praying. They prayed without ceasing. And I'm like, Lord, heat this up. Cold llama beans just aren't the same. Right? So... But it's not that you, that you never stop talking. It's that you never shy away from the understanding that every moment of every day, you're connected with the creator of this world. At every moment, to, to listen, to talk, or just to recognize. And when you face situations, Lord, what are you speaking to me right now? How are you coming to me in this right now? What are you helping? What are you showing me? What is it that I'm supposed to do? And, and letting the Lord speak to us. And that happens through prayer. Luke 18.1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story, and it was to show them this, to pray and never give up. See, sometimes the reason we give up in prayer is because we pray the things that we want. And we don't always know or recognize that that may not be what God wants. Right? And that's, that's where we have to understand and recognize. We'll get to that in a minute. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Again, continue that relationship with God. Continue developing, spending time communicating, understanding his presence, being active in your walk with God. That's what it is, continuing to keep on praying. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit all, at all times on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So he's talking about praying in the spirit. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can look at that. Some people say praying in the spirit is in the spiritual language. You're praying in this. But there's another side of that because I believe in that too. But I believe there's another side of that that says our prayers should be led by the spirit. In other words, the Bible talks about that the spirit of God will pray because the spirit who the Holy Spirit, God has given us the Holy Spirit who will lead us to truth, who will speak truth to us. So there's times when you pray that the Spirit of God can lead you to pray the exact plan and purpose of God. 1 John says that when you pray according to his will, you'll have those things which you pray for. So, so how can you know the will? The Spirit of God knows the will. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is there to teach you and to help you and to come alongside of you. But then not only are we supposed to pray at all times on every occasion, but he says that even be persistent in your prayers, not just for you, but for other people. That's that part of the journey of prayer where you're praying and you can pray for those people that are around you. 
You can pray with those people that even mistreat you. Those people that have hurt you. Where you can say, Lord, I don't, I don't know what they're going through. But they're hurting. And I, I want to pray for them today. The Bible says pray for people who persecute you. Pray for your enemies. And that's not the prayer of take them out, Jesus. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a prayer that you pray because, listen, you can't hate someone you're praying for. You pray when people are doing things. Listen, when you watch the news, you should pray. Instead of getting mad, pray. Lord, people are hurting, and they're looking everywhere, and they're falling prey to all this other stuff. That we can pray. Paul prays for others in, in Colossians. He prays. Let's go to Matthew 7, 7. There's a scripture that says, keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. So see, in prayer, we think that if we pray, we're going to get what we pray for. And this is the verse a lot of people use for that. But if you go the chapter before in Matthew 6, this is what it says when Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray, the Lord's Prayer. He says uh, in Matthew 6, verses 9 and 10, he talks about praying. And he says, when you pray, you pray to the Father. In heaven, may your name be kept holy. Then it says this, may your kingdom come soon and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's teaching that when you pray, you're supposed to pray for the things that God wills, not you. So there's been times in my life where I've prayed faith for something I want. And instead of praying God, Lord, I'm praying for what you want. I'm praying that you show me my faith is in you, not in a certain result. And I'm praying for your will. And the Bible says in Romans that if we don't conform to the world, we allow God to transform us. We can know what his will is. And we can pray that. But we need to be able to pray and look at things from God's view. So sometimes we have to make sure that we don't get caught up in that, that you just pray whatever you want. You got it. Because that's not what that scripture says. That scripture is in context to what it says first in how you pray. You pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And you pray for God's plans and purposes to come about. And that changes the outcomes of what some of you think the outcome for your life is supposed to be. You know, I, when I prayed for me, I never prayed to be in ministry. I prayed that doors opened up for me to get as far in the FBI as I could. That's what I prayed for. But that wasn't what God had. And the more I connected with God, the more my prayers changed. And my heart. Because I wanted what God wanted for me. That's what I wanted, and that's how God, God led me. Now, we'll finish out here. Look at Matthew 14. I read this last night. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted his... Jesus, let me just tell you what just happened. Jesus just fed the 5,000. He just fed a whole bunch of people, right? So this great miracle had just happened. Then it says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent people home, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. So here he goes again. This miracle happened. Okay, seeing this great things. And he tells the disciples, y'all go ahead. I'm going to go hang out with my dad a little while. So he sends them. And then he goes and he prays. Night, night fell while he was there alone. So now it's getting later. It's night. It's late at night. And he's there alone. Let's keep going. 
Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, okay, hello, who's on a boat at three o'clock in the morning? These guys, okay? So, so it's three o'clock in the morning. They've been out on the lake. They're facing this, this wind, these winds, these heavy winds. Jesus had been praying. He was praying earlier in the day. Night fell. So he's been praying for quite a while. It wasn't a quick like, oh, Lord, thank you. Just help me today. Love you. See you. It was he prayed. He spent time with his father. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Now, when you look that up and you really dig into that deeper, here's what he's saying. Do you remember in Exodus 3 when they, when when Moses said, who, do I, who am I going to tell that sent me? In other words, asking God, who are you? Like, what's your name? And God replies, I am. Right? That's what it is. Take courage. I am is here. So he's saying, this, it's me. It's God. It's Jesus. I am here. So then Peter calls to him and says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And listen to what Jesus says. He says, yes. And then Jesus says, come. Come be with me. Come to me. So Peter went over the side of the boat in a storm with crazy waves. And it already said that everybody was terrified. So even in this place of fear, in this place of storm, in this place of difficulty, Peter steps out of the boat and walks towards Jesus. And then it says, when, the, when he saw the strong wind, and the waves, in other words, he began to look at the circumstances and the storm around him. He was terrified, and it began to sink. And then he says this, save me, Lord. Okay, so he now calls out to Jesus. Save me, Lord. Look at the next word. Jesus, what's the word? Immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said, why did you doubt me? And then he climbed back into the boat, and the wind stopped. So see, Jesus didn't say, hey, where is your faith? You doubted me. That's your fault. No, he reached down, and he still, he saved him, and he grabbed him, and he pulled him up, and he got him back into the boat. And I started thinking about how when Jesus says, come, and and, and how Peter reached out to Peter when he was in trouble, in the storm, and he was still coming towards Jesus. But even along the way, he got caught up in, his, in the circumstances around him, and he started to go under. But he cried out to Jesus, and Jesus answered, and Jesus grabbed him, and Jesus brought him to safety. And I started thinking about uh, and this thing that I was listening to last night about, and I was like, man, he, he grabbed Peter and he saved him. Because Peter said, help, help. And Jesus was there, and he heard his cry, and he helped him. And I started thinking about how Jesus told him to come. And you know what? Today, Jesus still tells us, come to me. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, look, come to me, all of you who are weary, carrying heavy burdens. And he says this, I'll give you rest. I'll take care of you. Come to me. Look at the next passage. Look in Revelation 22. The spirit and the bride, referring to Jesus. Says, come, let anyone who hears this say, come, let anyone who is thirsty come. Anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of life. He's saying, come to me. 
I'm where, I'm where it's at. I'm the one that can help you. Look at Isaiah 55. This is prophetic about coming to the Lord and salvation. It says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you an unfailing love that I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people. I made him leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know, and people unknown to, unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, and the Holy One of Israel have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. This is what the Lord says. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out. It always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want to, and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into songs, and the trees of the fields will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grow, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and his love. Again, he says, look, come to me. Because I can, I can take the stuff that you have and the struggles and the lack and the things, and I can do amazing things with it. Because when you come to God, listen, you are going to be able to access way more than you could ever access on your own. His thoughts are higher. His ways are higher. We have to just decide, you know what? It's going to cost. It is going to. There is a, a step that we take, not in earning anything, but in growth. Just like to, to physically grow and to build muscle, it's, we have to take time to lift those weights or do whatever it is. And sometimes it's, we're going to be sore. Sometimes it's going to hurt a little bit. But you have to decide today, listen, Lord, I want, I want you to help me to have this discipline in my life that, that I recognize you every minute of every day. I recognize you, that you're with me, that I talk to you, that I pray to you in those quiet places. And only you, only you know what really goes on behind closed doors. Only you know. If you're doing as Jesus said when he taught us to pray and he says to get away, to get by yourself and just pray and just be with God. It is going to cause us to have to, we are going to have to say no to some things in order to say yes to some things. But I promise you, it's something that your relationship with God and understanding his love for you, it'll push you in that direction. And the more you do it, the more you're going to recognize the strength and the joy and the hope and all that stuff that comes from you being with God. Because truly, you know, we, and I don't, I don't even remember where I read this, but it was something about the fact that one of, this, one of the problems that we face a lot isn't as much because of unanswered prayers as unoffered prayers. <laughs> like we just don't take time to just be with God. 
And he longs to be with you. He longs to have that one-on-one time with you. Because he wants to help you and he wants to strengthen you. But you have to, you have to make a decision to allow the Lord to help you in this discipline of prayer. Because we, got, we, we have to pray more. We have to recognize God more in our everyday journey.